This really isn't a podcast. I'm just trying to find my father. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You're listening to Southern Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 199 of Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards, Ah. and this episode is something that produces results, covered in decorations, and maybe has a stain on the carpet. So the first two definitely made sense <laughs> as sentences, right? Unlike things that could be... I don't remember. I don't remember either Jeff or Ace taking a shit during this interview. So what is the last bit you're on about? Anyway, forget that. This week's guest... <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. This week's guests are Ace and Jeff from the brilliant The Early November. I love this band, emo veterans, cult favorites, and what I Whoa. imagine <laughs> the culprit to a lot of lyric graffiti sketch on school notebooks back in the day. The early November have always ruled nostalgia, writing songs to soundtrack and timestamp the little moments in life, and are currently celebrating their 20th anniversary. They have a special album full of rare B-sides, unreleased hidden tracks, and a couple new songs for good measure, titled 20, released now on October the 14th via Pure Noise Records. So we invited Ace and Jeff on to look back at the band's legacy, impact on the emo scene, and moving forward. An exceptional conversation with a remarkable band and someone who's just always waved the flag for those early 2000s alt influences, Sean. Absolutely strange that I never kind of came across them when I was in the blackout. I'm surprised that we didn't really cross paths as much as we did with other bands. But yes, great band, absolutely delightful chaps. Uh, We had a great chat. It started off a bit um, strange. But uh, we, we got going from there, luckily. But yes, they were a massive, massive early influential band of the 2000s. And um, yeah, there's so many bands now that I suppose have probably been influenced by them that I don't even realize they've been influenced by them. So yeah, this was a great chat. And to see the insightfulness and positivity still in those guys is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. 
I believe they're going on tour in America very, very soon, if not right now. Yes, all four. All the four they are going to be on the road celebrating this 20th. All the four? All four? How would you, uh, what? How would you say that as a normal sentence? Autumn. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, but anyway, they're celebrating the 20th year anniversary and we're going to get into all of it in this conversation, talking about the evolution of the last two decades, writing songs on the road and between Warp Tour, the time on the iconic drive through records with bands like The Starting Line and New Found Glory, fatherhood, unusual conspiracy theory on Mickey Mouse and Jobs, <laughs> Ace and Jeff do outside of the band, including producing, creating content and cleaning the streets. All of that during the conversation. And of course, before we get into it, a quick reminder that if you enjoy what we do, if you enjoy our blabbling and you want to see this podcast continue, please go and check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Sapnin over there. There's loads of bonuses and rewards for your subscription and you get included into a wonderful community of people that follow this each and every week. But without any further ado... This is the early November celebrating 20 years on episode 199 of Sapnin Podcast. I love the Disney mention, as uh, you've just reminded me. Fan bloody tastic. Sapnin! 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 Yes! (laughs) Yes, our guests this week are the fantastic Ace Enders and Jeff Coomer from the early November. Did I pronounce that right? Oh, you got to pronounce it the worst way. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Sorry. Unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, let's start there. Was that was that awful growing up? Because I've got a double barrel surname <laughs> that nobody nobody knows, right? Oh, that's Which true, is yeah. yeah, it's pretty bad. And I got some fucking bullying for it. So was that uh, was that a bad? No, no. I, you know, it's 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 really funny because I get that question a lot, and it really wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. I, people must have thought either it wasn't a thing or it was cool. I don't. I don't know. It's <laughs> a war. Probably the worst way to open this podcast. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I didn't know. yeah it's my fault. That's, I didn't know where she was going at all. No, but no, how, how are you guys doing? What's going on in the world of your day-to-day and everything at the moment? How are you guys doing? We're doing great. I feel like it's very exciting right now. You know, we are in this whole like rollout of this 20-year record. And it's uh, for us, it's like, dude, it's been a shot of energy. It's been awesome every day. And Jeff... Jeff Coomer over there with uh, all the like, <laughs> doing all of the uh, these amazing promo things every single day. He's he's hitting me with a new one like every day, and it's probably the most exciting thing. So. <laughs> wow, it's been a lot of fun. Like Ace said, it's just a shot of adrenaline. Um, you know, hitting another record cycle, and because it's that celebratory twenty year mark, 
it just makes it more exciting. Um, and let it allows you to have a lot more fun with it too. It allows you to be uh, slightly nostalgic in a way because it is, it's, it's 20 years of, of just doing something that we loved and to make a whole cycle out of it and have a lot of stuff to deliver is, is really special for us. And I think the people that have followed us for so long. Yeah, for sure. Well, of course it is the 20th year anniversary of, the early November, and you've got so many celebrations with it, with new music, tours, all the good stuff. But to start, how do you both feel about still doing this after two decades? I'm sure just thinking about it and looking back on things is quite a wild ride in a lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, we have our share of wild rides, but I think what I've settled on and how I feel with it about it is like, it's just gratitude. Like, I am so grateful that we, Jeff and I and Joe and like, you know, our extended family of early November has been able to build a life out of this. And I mean, it's such a rare, a rare thing. Yeah, we didn't become like the biggest band in the world, but we did carve a lane that is unique to us and allowed us to, you know, impact people in such a great way. And, you know, yeah, there's plenty of crazy things that we've had to live through, but it's, uh, all, all very worth it. So it's just been filled with gratitude, seriously. And I think that's why we're doing this whole 20 year and like really leaning into um, respecting the fan service thing, all that stuff. It's like, that's, that's what it's about. And it's awesome. It's beautiful. You know, my kids don't know a world where I'm not a rocker. And I think that that's so difficult. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. That is insanely cool. Insanely cool. And in, at the same time, it's like, when you think about how we feel about this, I don't know about you, Ace, but like, I feel like, I feel like we just started it. Like, I feel like, uh, the, the passion for it, that has never really left. That's always been there. But I mean, th- there's just this, uh, youthful, like excitement about it all. Um, which is like the best thing to have when you're working on something that you love, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. You can see that kind of emanating from you, to be honest, you look revitalized, you look excited and yeah. So. What was the catalyst for doing the anniversary record and stuff? I think it's that we had all the, like, I'm going to give you a brief history of what it's like to release the single as of early November or make a record, but it's like, <laughs> we make all these songs, right? And then we always leave the best one off for some weird reason. And <laughs> it's just like, we have this like pile of songs that were unreleased over the past two decades. And, you know, we, um, just sitting there, Jeff and I, one day were going over like what material was going to be. And it hit us. It's like, Oh my God, like we have like make it happen and five years and songs like that should have been singles off of all our past records that we just left off. So for us, it was a really easy decision to be like, look, let's, let's put these songs out there because people always ask for them, whether they, saw them on YouTube or wherever they heard, heard about them. Um, and just like really, uh, give people what they have been looking for, you know, and it's, and it's really, uh, it's really been awesome. Jeff, I'll let you add to that. I I feel like you got. Yeah, that, that, uh, that mixed with, you know, most of the record is, uh, properly recorded, songs that like people have heard through the grapevine in some degree that like became fan favorites. And then there's the other half is just new songs that like, and the way that we kind of put the sucker together was like, 
we love to make records. That's just what, what we love to do. So how do we make this tie in and play seamlessly and be a great record on its own? And that's really how it came about, you know, you, and it's not like, it wasn't a surprise to us that our 20th was coming up. We were going to do something last year. Um, but this, you know, it's actually 20 years since our first release came out. So it still works. It, we don't want it to be a collection of songs. We want it to be a great early November record. And that's kind of how we put this whole thing together. Nice. Well, some of those songs you said that, you know, they were meant to be on other albums. So what's, um, yeah, what's the age difference between some of the songs on the record? They span 20 years for sure. Maybe even earlier, actually. I mean, you know, we've, we have songs on here, Ace, that we like were some of our first songs. Yeah. So maybe like 21 years. Maybe, maybe even longer. Like Open Eyes, I feel like was written in the year 2000. Uh, and Pretty Pretty was written before that. Uh, probably year 2000. Yeah, probably both of those songs came from that. So it's like 22 years at least there. And and then all the way up to our most current albums, B-Sides. And we have like two new, new songs as well. Some of those songs could legally drink in America now. <laughs> That's true. Wow, yes. you're right. <laughs> I party with some of those songs. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing with 20. I mean, obviously, that there is that mixture of old and new, but it feels like a paradox of moving forward and nostalgia in a lot of ways. Because as you said, you're getting to kind of really have a proper release for a lot of these B-sides and songs that haven't really come out yet, but you've mixed it with new tracks as well. And I'm sure that's just kind of a really nice way to celebrate 20 years, looking at moments and memories you've had over the years, but also looking to the future as well. I mean, I think it's just something that comes natural for people of our age. You know, you, you get a chance to look back at your life and, and you see what you have in front of you and like, you know, where we're at, like with the kids that, Ace and I have, it's, it's something that you do often as a father, you know, you just look at your kids and then you think about your past and then you think about, you know, what you're going to do moving forward. I mean, it's just, it's, it's natural. So yeah, it's very natural for where we are right now in life. Yeah. And really in the grand scheme of things, I mean, with bands, there's always ups and downs and hiatuses and you've had line of changes and you've both had lives and experiences outside of the band, but I'm sure when you are reflecting now and seeing how far the band has come, achieved, and really just resonated with people, especially when you haven't been really most active over some years as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ace, you could probably like, there are people that are going to come to this tour that we're, we're doing that have kids that are going to see their first early November show. And I mean, that right there tells you like, now you're, now you're jumping generations. That's one of those things where, you know, people tell us that and it's like, wow, you know, we're grateful. We thank, you know, we're, we're thankful all the time, but it's just one of those things that like really does throw you back. And you're like, man, that is really, really special of a thing. Do you remember, do you remember any of the early moments when the band started out, when you, you kind of realized that it could be like a thing and that could be your job? Was there any moments when you were on tour and you were like, oh, I think we're a, full-time band with a professional rock and roll outfit now um i mean this is i i feel like i felt like that from the jump uh you know and i, I think that is what allowed i mean for myself i can only speak for myself is like you know when you make a decision to be like yeah i'm not going to go to college i'm not going to 
I can't do anything else other than art or music and you as a young person, like that's not always a popular decision within a family <laughs> to, to do. And, and it's, um, so I think for, for me, it's like, I was so committed from the very beginning that it was like, there was nothing else. Like that was it. Like it's, I made it with well, a day that somebody sang a song, sang, sang a lyric back for the first time. I made it the day that, somebody uh and i mean i could say that obviously looking back now in the in the moment i'm sure it felt a little bit different but like it, it's those it's those times like the first time we played warp tour the first time we were on warp tour main stage like that was probably where we were like oh, i was like okay we're playing alongside alkaline trio and the boss tones and bands like that and it's like this is weird but this is what is like, it felt very real in that moment for sure. Very real because we had, yeah, we had every bit of gratification or our, our validation to walk around and say, well, we're here now, you know, like we're here. So it was uh, probably moments like that are the, um, that's what did it for sure. But I sort of always felt that way. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure like with things like Warp Tour in particular, there was, so many times where you guys have traveled so often doing this and writing the next record and stuff. And I know you've kind of, uh, some of the B-sides from this new release have written on kind of on the road in warp tours and on the road and stuff like that. So uh, it must be crazy to, to look back at that as well and just have those memories come back. 100%. And I, I think, you know, Make It Happen, which was the first single off of this that we just released. I remember sitting in the back of the van that we ended up destroying or uh, right before or right after we destroyed it. But I remember sitting there with a guitar and writing this song and like finishing writing it as we were on tour, showing it to the label for the first time, playing it outside of an Italian restaurant in some city somewhere. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I could remember being on the street, barely able to talk and just somehow getting this song out and uh, the label loving it and being like, you know, that's, it's crazy to see, you know, 20 years later, this thing now finally be released in a proper way. And it's, it's wild. Yeah. Did, did you think there was like a moment where the label was like, um, like, like Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future, where they were like, oh, oh, this song is good, but it needs to come out in about 20 years time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your, grand, uh, yeah, your grandkids are going to love it. <laughs> yeah very much like that yeah. this is yeah, what a brilliant song let's keep it for 20 years that's fucking, yeah not lying. I, I think about that often I actually almost made a piece of content with that specifically for something that we released do you it you have to do it please do yeah that's so good because it, it uh. makes a lot of sense you uh you, you skimmed over um destroying a van um is there Co context you can share to that what happened there oh, we, we did two on that we did two on that tour that was uh oh. our first full u.s tour was warp tour 02 we flipped one in a desert and then a couple weeks later we got one stolen um, on the same oh. tour so we lost two vans on one tour and that was our first um first introduction into touring the u.s and Honestly, it was like, oh, okay, this is just what happens, I guess. <laughs> we're so young. <laughs> we're like, oh, cool. So, you know, we didn't know any better. We we're like, 
man, tour's rough, but you know, we, we love this. <laughs> <laughs> so did you yeah for the next for the next two of them where you're like right well we need at least we know now we need at least two vans <laughs> so yeah. if, we book, if we book two vans we're gonna have one spare ready to go yeah, yeah, oh, the budgeting was yeah. hard hard budget <laughs> yeah. oh god i can i can imagine what um what what kind of reactions have um have you seen from kind of fans when you've just been kind of sharing these memories now of everything yeah, I mean, uh, people reach out and they always share their stories. Um, it, it honestly, like you were saying earlier, I've, I've been handling a lot of the content and stuff that taken over a lot of our, you know, you have to be social, social media present and visible and all that stuff. So I've, I had a big handle on that. And, you know, what's wild about this uh, push and this cycle is that, like, when I say generally positive, like almost all positive. And it's, it's pretty insane. Like, I feel that same energy that I have coming back, you know, um, which is, man, if that, that gets you going, that, get, that, that makes you want to go even harder. So it's a really cool thing to see because with anything you're going to get shit on too, you know, it's just, you <laughs> need there's that back and forth, but there's been a lot of positivity attached to this, which is like, you know, it makes us happy. It makes us want to make it the best thing it could possibly be. Well, we, we do like positivity, but we also do like hearing really random negative comments bands have had over the years. I'm sure there's uh, one or two that stick out in your mind that have just been, what? why have they commented this, of all things? I'm sure. <laughs> I, like, I try and avoid a lot of it. I don't know, I try to. Like, I have a great excuse. I'm a terrible reader Like uh, when it comes to a lot of things like that. So it's weird when you see something jump out at you because it, those type of things hang on you. And especially now in today's world, it's um, you have to be like Jeff was saying, like you got to be so interactive with it. So I try and like not really see it too much because at this point I'll end up spending way too much time focusing on something negative and like hanging on it and being like, well, what did I do when meanwhile, it's just the person just, they just feel like saying something negative sometimes. And you know, it's, it's always hard to, for me to like shake those things so quickly, but, um, it's tough, but I feel like generally, like Jeff saying, like, it's been a lot of positivity and probably because we, um, you know, we've always tried to make decisions based off of what, how our fans were going to react or what it was going to, you know, how, how they were going to feel about what we're doing. And because, you know, we know that there are lifeblood right now, there are, there are lifeline into uh, sustaining this. But yeah, I mean, you're always going to get a funny one here and there. Jeff, you probably know way more than I do about... Dude, that's uh, what I love. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I love the fact that you don't dive into that because it's, it is crushing. Like that kind of, the, the negative stuff is crushing, especially when you're songwriting. You know, like that can spin your head every which way. And the fact that he doesn't like even dip into that is like the best thing. Now I dip into it and I see it and like, you want to go, you want to go like Jay and Silent Bob, like knock on someone's door and be like, did you write, you know, and that's what I have to do. Yeah, I like the idea of, I like the idea of Jeff going to rehearsals and going, Ace, you want to hear what people said on Twitter? And Ace goes, What's Twitter? And then you go, you know, on the internet. And he goes, what the fuck is the internet? (laughs) I fucking love Jay and Silent Bob. That's fuck. Yeah, that's fucking class. Yeah. We are going to make you eat our shit and then shit out the shit that you've eaten and then eat that shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with people, people on, people on the internet. It's just, there's so many knobheads who just say things just to get a reaction a lot of the time. But yeah, it's, it's awesome that you, that you can ignore it because yeah, I cannot ignore it. And, um, I have to go on full retaliation. I will look at people's family members. <laughs> I, will go, I, will, I will go deep. Like I will go deep. I'm currently arguing with a, but there's a, there's a guy on Twitter. Um, I don't think he listens to the podcast, but, um, if he does, fuck him. Um, <laughs> oh my God. me and him get in an argument every now and again. Every time I post something like slagging the right wing off. He seems to be up in arms about that. I've argued with this guy now, and I hope he doesn't listen to this, because I'm going to use it very soon and destroy him on Twitter. He's had um, down but not out, well, he thinks it says down but not out tattooed on his neck, but the font is so bad and so badly done by his tattoo, it looks like <laughs> Dolan but knob out. But knob out. You've got Dolan but knob out on your neck instead of down but not out. So, yeah, I'm basically going to um, publicly embarrass him any minute now. Congratulations to you, Ace, for being able to ignore it. You're a bigger and better man than myself. So, uh, let's uh, put it like, the early November does not condone internet bullying. Yes. Like, subtitle. (laughs) Sean Smith from Southland Podcast doesn't mind it. Doesn't mind it. (laughs) More of the story, don't do what Sean's doing. But <laughs> but just kind of speaking about your know, songwriting and the band's kind of identity in general, I've always felt like there's always been a unique atmosphere within you guys and that really your songs are more putting like a timestamp on moments in your life and just everything going on at that time. Would you kind of agree that you've just kind of captured those days in the way you wanted to? Yeah, I think that's the, uh, to me, songwriting is a very special thing. It's a very intimate thing. And it's whenever I'm working with somebody, I try and, you know, preach that as well. But to me, it's like, we're very genuine uh, when it comes to writing. Um, 
it's uh, it's usually always been Jeff and I at the very helm of like, I'll have an idea, I'll bring it to Jeff first, and we'll go through it. And for me, as it, as it goes to lyrics and all that stuff, everything is super sincere and genuine. And it is, you know, about a specific time, a lot of it. It is very much like currently or a, a very vivid memory of what I am or was going through. And I think, especially with the newer stuff now, it's like, a lot of our fans and a lot of people who've supported us have grown with us and gone through these same exact type of events, which has allowed us to really, you know, tie into that and sort of um, connect with people on those levels. Uh, Jeff has always been like the first round of ears on anything and, you know, the first bit of input. And it's very much like, you know, he'll hear something and be like, yeah, this rips or, you know, unsure of that or whatever, but it's always like we take it, we then mold it into what is us and what we're going to sound like for this specific time, for this specific era or, you know, uh, variant of what early November is. So I think now, um, you know, like Lilac was a lot of like adult themes and figuring out what that means to us. And, you know, it's trying to just figure out ways to get through life in a very weird, weird way. Um, you know, because growing up being a musician or someone in that life is like, it's one of the weirdest lifestyles that there is. Number one, you got like people, you go play a show and people think you're super cool, but you go to something else, maybe like is, you know, something for your kids or a graduation party and people think you're straight up nuts. So like, (laughs) it's, it's really, it's really an interesting dynamic and something that I feel like we've always let really sing in, sing in our music. And, um, you know, I'm sure Jeff can really touch on the time period of each of them because they like, you know, we've always, like I said, him and I worked really closely on shaping sonically and like what it was going to feel like. So, um, yeah, it's all best. I can say it's all very genuine to whatever moment we're trying to convey. You can hear that kind of through how, each song sounds just sonically like, you know, you could pick the early November era in which it was, it was created, but you know how he says about like bringing a song to me, like I, I I'm in the band, I've been in the band from the jump, but I'm like a massive fan of the band. So when I hear stuff, I, I, I listen as a fan. I always have from, from when we first started, when I first met Ace, um, we started playing together and I was just so like, happy because I was in a band that I loved. Like, this is a band that I would listen to all the time. So uh, it's it's one of those things where like, in a way, you know, I know I'm super tied to it and I know I could listen to stuff. Yeah, I know where I was when we did that song, but uh, I also just have this kind of this connection too, where it's like, well, you know, I know why I love this song so much. I know how it hit me in the period of life that I was at. And just, it just so happens that there's a, you know, not all, but there's, there's a chunk of fans that listen to us that are right in our wheel, our age group, in our wheelhouse of us growing up with them. So it's like a lot of us have uh, different pieces of our story that are in these songs. And the most powerful thing about music is it can pull you back to wherever you were in life when it hit you the hardest. And I think that's what make, makes this record so powerful is because it does that all over the place. It'll pull you back to O2 and it'll put you right back in 22 with the next track. And that's what it does for me. And that, and, but cohesively, 
it is just has this this tone of just nostalgia and looking forward, like you said, all attached to it, where it just uh, that that's what I think makes it so special um, for me. Well, while we're um, taking a trip down memory lane, one thing I wanted to mention to you guys is really talk about the uh, drive through record days, because in those mid 2000s, I think a lot of those bands who came out of the label and just the scene at the time, it was such an important milestone in so many people's lives. And just looking back, what were those days like on drive through records and being out with bands like Newfound Glory, the starting line, Finch, and just so many other friends you've made along the way? Yeah, um, it was... I, it was a mix of emotions, honestly. Like it was awesome to be on Drive Through Records. That was our goal, and to achieve your goal like that, a lot of times is, it, you know, it's something that it obviously always will humble you. Um, so it was amazing for that, and we always respected that. Like we always treated that with the utmost respect. But there's another thing. Like you hang out with all these bands, and it's cool. But you quickly realize that the music industry is a very competitive space. The entertainment in general is a very competitive space. So you may be really good friends with somebody or you may think it's really cool to hang out with somebody but at the same time you're competing for the same listener in a way and there was always this really beautiful bittersweet thing that was just always around us and as young people like getting to hang out with finch and getting to you know hang out with bands that you love and you you looked up to and like you were friends with we were friends with the starting line before the starting line was signed to drive through when they were Sunday drive and we would play shows with them. And it's like seeing them get signed. It was just like filled with, Oh my God, this is amazing. And then we joined them on the label and it was like, Oh my God, this is amazing. We're touring with this band. Um, and at the time they were just on a run of, they kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger so quickly. And it was amazing to see. And as friends, we were like, this is awesome. Um, and then you see other bands that you come up with, or maybe get signed with at the same time. And it's like, uh, it, it was, there was a gravity, you know, you get signed and all of a sudden your feet are planted and you're here. Like this, people think that you're cool and important because you're on drive through records, which at the time was the hottest thing around. And it was, yeah, yeah. it was, it was super awesome. Um, and, but like I said, it was, it was a very like a time of like really figuring out what it means to be a fan and what it means to be a, now functioning business on what you love. It's like, it's like, if like, you know, you're a huge Disney fan and Mickey Mouse is like, yo, you want to come run the park with me? It's, things are going to change. Like, <laughs> like Wait, yeah. Mickey runs the park. <laughs> I do, I'm, I'm, I'm writing this down. Mickey. Oh, hey, come on, come on, Mickey, it's gonna be great. We're starting at 5 a.m. today, guys. It's 5 a.m. start. What? I can't believe he runs the park. That's a fucking exclusive. No. Early November exclusive. Mickey Mouse runs the park. Um, no, but another thing I wanted to ask about Drive Through is because there were so many bands and so many good bands, including yourselves, obviously, on that list. Did you ever feel like you were um, left out sometimes? Because like my band um, signed to Epitaph and we did Warp Tour in 2009 and we couldn't have been more ignored by Epitaph <laughs> if they tried. Right? Um, unless the two girls on the Warp Tour stand wore blinkers every day. 
that was the only way they could ignore us more. But yeah, like we got, we just got lost on Epitaph. Like I'm just wondering if there was any moments like that with Drive Through where they might have been focusing on another band or whatever. Or of, of of course, of course. I mean, that's the nature of the beast. I feel like when our triple disc came out, we were super psyched. We worked real hard on it. Like I went, I lost my mind over this album. Like seriously, like went felt like I went crazy. And you know, it went at it, it came out, and the first week numbers were were good. But the next week they had another artist release that did bigger numbers. And then it's like everything that we had planned now was not going to happen. So what we just built up to for the past year and a half all just changed in the matter of a week. And it's like, well, what can you do? That's the nature, the nature of it is like, you know, what does that do to you mentally? I don't know. Like, <laughs> like you're saying, you know, like you're on work where you're doing all this stuff and it's like you feel little all of a sudden you feel like what can you do to hold on to it so i I totally relate to you and know what you're saying i think that's that's the nature of it and that's what i was talking about when it comes to business like relating you know like okay this is what i love but it's also a different set of rules you know yeah no you've i think you've touched on it perfectly then where you said uh about feeling little like that like it was the most humbling experience because we went from like 2500 capacity uh, theaters in the UK and then I flew out to LA to do Warp Tour uh, the day Michael Jackson died I'm not saying that was our mm. fault but it might have been um, and then oh my God. Uh, and then nine <laughs> days later we were in Gary, Indiana the day of his funeral where he was born that was weird but yeah like we got out there we went from playing like 2,500 capacity venues in the UK to the one day on Warp Tour our brand new manager had flown out to come and see us right we were playing, I think it was Phoenix or something like that. And it was like the Maine's hometown show or something like that. Everybody at Warp Tour went to see the main. Our brand new manager was the only person who watched us that day on Warp Tour. And we were like, hey, you've just taken this on. Yeah. <laughs> this is shit. Oh, no. But yeah. So no, I completely know what you mean by like, you remember those for the rest of your life, though. The, oh, like lives, that's yeah. that's something that's something that's kind of cool to remember. You know that no, I'm not going to say not. what. But <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's, not, it's just it's just a it's a a mental image. I, I only say this because there was a tour that we did after Warp Tour where there was a show where there were two people sitting on bar stools in an empty club, and oh. um, and I just I'll always remember that. But it it humbles you too. You know, like you need that. You need that to stay grounded. You know where where you. It's just that it's a funny. It's a funny thing to see. It's like to see <laughs> one person in a massive space. That's just like I guess. I guess I gotta listen. I feel bad. I feel bad. I have to sit through this. It's just a funny thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the bar stool uh, gig, is there any other like really weird experiences or just shows you've played over the years? Yeah. Um, last time that's sort of similar to your main story with last time we did Soundwave in Australia, right? Oh, it was right when it's great tour, but it was, uh, right when Blink 182 got back together and they were like headlining. So we had times were all weird and we had to, uh, play against them one day. And I'll never forget. We got, we got the, we got the times and it was like, Okay, yeah, maybe it'll be all right, you know. <laughs> we haven't been here in a minute. <laughs> I just remember 
going on this stage, like in this massive place. And there was probably like, there might've been like 15 people, but there was like 300,000 in front mm. of Blink-182. And it was like, all right, yeah, this is a uh, good, good gig. Worked out. <laughs> I think it was, <laughs> yeah. Is that when um, they had like the A and B stages next to each other? They had, I believe on that, on this specific day, they were like across the street and like another place. But our area was in this like massive, like arena type thing. And there was nobody there. Got off stage and like looked across the street and I'm like, yeah, they must have <laughs> forgot that we were here, you know? <laughs> yeah, my band did Soundwave one year and they uh, did like the A and B stages, like main stages and we were on the B stage. And we went on to ah, 50 people maybe. And this is a stadium now, right? And then yeah. there's a barrier down the middle to separate the A and B stages for some reason. <laughs> and Anthrax were on next over there, right? Oh. Literally a sea full of fellas with long hair and long beards, right? And on our side, just 50, 50 girls just going, hey, hey. And then, yeah, you looked over there. So we had a song. There was like a woo in the chorus. So I'd get a crowd to woo. So I managed to teach the Anthrax fans who absolutely hated us, as you can imagine, to boo instead of woo. And it won them over. I had, a, yeah. I had all of these old metalers going, boom. And I was like, yes, I fucking won. But yeah, it was some, some of those shows. Yeah, we played to fucking nobody. Yeah. Have you ever played any like to any strange crowds or festivals you should, you think you shouldn't have been booked for or anything like that? Probably. Um, yeah, probably a, a bunch of them. Um, we, uh, I know that like I've done a lot of solo shows where it's like, I will get somebody will hire, like maybe they, they need it to be acoustic or whatever. And like, I'll go and it'll be a very weird scenario, but luckily like I'm really good at banter. So I will make my way through it. Even if I have to do a similar, like everybody boo at the end of the song, that's what I want you to do. Like, and then they'll be like, they'll like have a reason to like pay attention. Like, I know it's going to end. I know it's going to end. <laughs> and then we all get to boo. <laughs> so like, it's, uh, that's always been like my go-to as well. But yeah, we, um, from time to time will be like similar type, uh, A and B stage scenario where it's like, if there's a punk band playing like a real aggressive punk band and then like, we're waiting there to play and they're like, who's excited to see this emo band over there. And everybody boos. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that's us. Thank you. Thank you. So like, you know, we've had our, our share of those types of things, but, um, yeah, you know, it's definitely like moments like that, that are, um, you know, you, you, uh, I guess they build character or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> build yeah. character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nightmares. They definitely they fucking nightmares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that life experience right there. <laughs> Over the years as well, have you ever kind of been surprised that someone you weren't expecting to be a fan of the early November, maybe someone like you kind of grew up idolizing or just someone from a different kind of genre of band or just left you feeling very surprised? There have definitely been those. Yeah. And, and I, I can't, I can't remember names off the top of my head, but like just the oddest, you would never think, you know, but that kind of checks out for being an early November fan. Like we've had a couple famous people that are really big early November fans. And then you're like, dude, that's like, that's that checks out like that's who i want to be an early november fan kind of thing um 
Yeah. I, I mean, I can't remember anything off the top of my head, but I do remember one of our first tours. Um, I think it was on that warp tour. Remember when we were flying uh, somewhere and uh, the comedian Gallagher, his, uh, his nephew, it was Gallagher and his nephew and his nephew was a huge early November fan. We signed a bunch of stuff for him at the airport. And while we're signing, he's like, this is my, my uncle uh, Gallagher. And we're all like, hi, Gallagher. Yeah, Smash this watermelon! Smash it down! Fuck yeah. That'd be awesome. I'll never forget that. That was like the first thing that I remember happening on tour where I'm like, oh man, this is going to happen all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Gallagher today, Richard Pryor tomorrow. Here we go. Yeah. That's class. And going back to uh, Drive for Records, am I right in saying that one of your first big plans as a band very young was that you actually just made a really basic demo and a video that was poorly edited, sent into them, thought, that'll be it. That'll be, that's all we need. And then it literally worked. It was close to that for sure. The video was very poorly edited. That's for sure. And it contained, <laughs> it contained by edited, of us. By edited, it was, it was a, a VHS tape. So it was like, right. by edited, yeah, it course. means like, okay, so you shoot this and then you got to shoot this. And it was like that kind of, it wasn't like hmm. we had an editor Dude. on staff. No, <laughs> I, I think I, I ended up using two VCRs too. Like I would press you know, like, what? play on one and record on the other to edit it together. Like Never mind. Was, uh, we have professional right here. <laughs> this thing. That was in 2000, but that was in 1999. Okay. So. <laughs> the, the kids of today, they don't know how fucking lucky they are. Do they? It's fuck like how hard that how difficult is that? Like it's uh, I, t- I turned into an old man. I should just realize I turned into an old man. <laughs> Showing signs. Kids. Yeah, they don't even know. They don't know nothing about what we went through. Jesus Christ. In my day. Ah, uh, sorry boys. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's gone too far too soon. <laughs> With all that as well, obviously you've mentioned just kind of huge moments, but looking back over the 20 years of the early November, you've mentioned now that obviously you've got kids and life has changed so much, but like, is there any moments or stories or just little adventures or things that you're excited to show them that you you kind of think back and go like, oh yeah, this was a, this was a really cool bit for us. And I'm, I'm excited to kind of pass that on to future generations. I don't know. I don't know if about from, you know, the drive through days. Um, but like generally like now, you know, like Ace said, like your kids know you as a rocker. Like Ace has got uh, kids that are a little older than mine. Um, I've got a, a five and a three-year-old going on three and like the five-year-old seen us play. And like, that's so exciting. So now the, my, three, two to three year old. She's going to be three when she sees us is going to see us for her first time when we're on this next tour. And it's one of those things where I'm like, please let the band continue on long enough so they can see this a couple times. So it can really stick in. Um, you know, like you got to feel that too, Ace. Like now your kids really are like really feeling like I want my kids to get old enough to where they're like, wow, this is a really special, like I understand why this means so much. Like, you know, as a kid is still amazing, but like to have him see it in real time is different than like, watch this old video of your dad when he was a young <laughs> It's not cool. That's never cool. It's never cool. But if they see people who are like finger pointing and like singing every word and they, 
there's you can't not feel that when you were in one of our shows. It's just it's it's one of those electric things that I want them to experience. So, you know, uh, that's why I want to. I mean, that's not only the reason why, but like I I would like for us to keep going as long as possible because that is such a cool thing to experience with your kids. Totally, and I'll like I'll touch on that just a little bit, but like I think one thing that's really awesome and valuable and something that I like my probably favorite thing is my kids, like Jeff said, are a little bit older. So my son is 12 and my daughter is 10 and they have had teachers or people that coach them that are legitimate fans or have been like, Oh man, your dad, I saw your dad when he did this or wherever they randomly go. But the cool thing is, is they remember times when the band wasn't doing a 20 year cycle and it wasn't cool and it, and money was tough to come by and it was a struggle um, and they've seen times when I'm on stage in front of a thousand people or more, and they've seen, you know, they've come on stage and made the whole crowd jump and do things like that and experienced it in ways that like, to me, it's like, I, what I really want to give across and what is the most special thing that I will always cherish is that they will have um, their fingertips at least on being in touch with what reality is as an artist and the idea that yeah it's not always beautiful and it's not always something that inflates your bank account but it is possible at any stage of the game that you can do and achieve whatever you want and knowing that you believe in it is what is going to make it that next level is what is going to make it continue to grow and be something that you can be sitting in class and your teacher be like oh wait i saw your dad play before and something like that it's like super super cool. And, um, I think one thing I'm really grateful for is that instilling in them this idea that never give up, no matter what, never give up because it's like, it's not always going to be great. And you have to know that as a kid, it's not always going to be awesome. People are going to tell you you're not good. People are not going to come see you, but there are going to be times when they do. And if you're able to control your emotions at that point and make the most of it and connect, that's what success, that's what breeds success in people. And I'm very, excited that they've seen all stages of that yeah that was that very, was very, very well said very well that said. was very beautiful that was very beautiful yeah very well put <laughs> yeah. yeah thanks about thank you but uh but as we start to wind down uh here just a couple of few more questions obviously uh, outside of the band as well the both of you are, are very busy you kind of you produce and write with other artists and kind of make content and all that kind of things but i was just wondering if you could just give us like a kind of quick lowdown on that side of your lives as well just for people who may be not realizing some of the the work that you guys do outside of hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The band. I'll start with the boring stuff first, and they can do the fun stuff. <laughs> uh, my the, my my other job is I work for a television station, uh, a network. Um, I um, I'm a producer, I'm a writer, um, editor. So I do that for their creative end. The fun thing is that you know the stuff that I really want to do, the stuff that I'm passionate about, the, the fun things that you can't do because you have a bunch of suits over you. I get to test with us and there's just an approval process of me and ACE. And once we're like, let's try that. There's a lot of testing involved. There's a lot of fun stuff involved. And like, so it's like, that is, you know, I get to take the elements that I've learned over Mount doing that for like 12 years and do that with us. But to fit into our brand is, uh, is kind of exciting, but that's really, that's generally what I do. Sweet. <laughs> I <laughs> perfect segment. Oh that, was per- it was, that was a that was comedy perfect. Sweet. <laughs> yes, it was. No, that's that's awesome. Like, and Jeff does an amazing job. When he said the approval process, it's like he's been on such a roll lately that the approval process, like, I could just say yes to everything because it's been so dope. But um, yeah, the boy, the, the man is gifted for sure. As far as what I do, I ha- I'm like a real mixed bag. I feel like uh, the pandemic definitely changed a lot of things e- as far as what life looks like in-, in ways of like picking up other things that you do. But like I do everything from, you know, obviously music. This is like making records is the main thing. Writing for other artists and constantly doing that. Producing other artists. Uh, my day usually spans from like 4 a.m. to like 10 p.m. of like uh, working out, cleaning shopping centers. Uh, I'm developing finance, um, finance education stuff. I am doing, you know, work all day in the studio, work on 10 stuff. And it's like a nonstop energetic, full of creation, whatever, and cleaning up people's garbage, which I think is my favorite, my favorite thing. When you clean parking lots, and I do this because my grandfather passed the COVID is what he did. And our family members were like, oh, let's eat, let's each pick like a parking lot and like continue his legacy. I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun because I remember going with him when I was a kid. Anyway, when you see the amount of things that people leave on the ground and you're walking out there like 5 a.m. picking them up with a little picker and it's like everything from cigarettes everywhere. I'm like, I, cigarette industry is crushing it right now. People are just throwing them <laughs> everywhere. They are killing me. That's, that's a business, man. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's the most humbling and also very like just grounds you to be like, yeah, no, this is real life. I'm picking up waste right now and throwing it in a trash can. There's diapers. There's people like do this w- wildest things in parking lots, but it's, um, 
it's awesome to be able to then leave that and then come here and be like, all right, now I'm going to write songs all day about how wasteful humanity is and how I should have got into cigarettes. But like, you know, it's one of those things. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, you were telling me that ace cigarettes don't sound like the coolest cigarettes of all time. Uh, they sound oh, awesome. Come on. They sound awesome. Oh, so I want to smoke them already and I don't even smoke. Like, <laughs> light them up. You got to keep them. You got to keep them in your sleeve. You got to keep them. Oh, in your oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, th- there you go. Look, we've come up with at least one merch idea for the tour. Anyway, now it's cigarettes. Oh. And the thing is, the people will have to keep coming back to the gigs to buy more cigarettes. <gasps> Get them addicted. Yes. What a fucking brilliant money-making scheme that is. But you no, know, that's, that's that's a beautiful thing that you've said there. Ace. Last week, funnily enough, I saw um, I saw an article. I don't know if it was Vice. I think it might have been like a Vice article on somebody who does. Something similar, but they go like round uh, the streets of New York cleaning up and they were saying how much like money and jewelry and crazy items they find just like in the trash and just on the floor. It's, it's yeah. bonkers. So, yeah, man. it's it is bonkers, man. And, you know, people have no like they're not afraid to do anything. They see a dumpster and they're like, oh, anything goes here. So they're like, I've had to deal with like people leaving old toilets outside of dumpsters. I'm like, what am I supposed to do with the toilet right now? I was just doing this thing. And I have to figure out what either break the toilet or like somehow get it into the dumpster because that's my job. You know, so it's like it's super funny. And there's the people just leave the weirdest things. You gotta get that toilet quick in case somebody wants to load that up. You don't know what strangers <laughs> walk by. I know, man. People, I know. people gotta Gotta go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I, I, I wasn't expecting half of that, but thank you. But um, but yeah, guys, with all that, obviously, 20 comes out October 14th on Pure Noise Records. You're going to be doing a lot of dates uh, over in the States. But if there's anything else you'd like to mention, plug, let people know about, please do. We yeah, just run down the list. This, uh, you could run down, I'll say real quick before you run down the list that we're going to keep this celebration going. So, um, right now we're like, we've got the dates up there, but yeah, we can't wait to like, uh, do some UK, some all over the place type thing. So Jeff, you run down the list now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very well said. We have currently two singles out and there will be more music to come. Uh, you know, the album comes out the 14th of October. We have a, uh, us tour, 20 year anniversary tour with, I can make a mess and Vinny from the movie life playing movie life songs. Um, we have those tickets are on sale. VIP packages are on sale. Um, and, uh, there are many more things to come out, uh, this year rolling into next year. Um, and we are just going to keep this celebration rolling because we're having a lot of fun with it and, uh, we want to keep on being a band. So we're going to keep on being active. So I'm very excited about that. Well, yes, please try and come over to the UK because um, <laughs> I'd love to do one of these in the flesh. I think it'd be, um, it'd be, a, it'd be a good time. So thank you very much um, for the music over the years, for the inspiration, and congratulations on everything so far. And I cannot wait to hear this full record. Thank you very much for doing this. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate you, guys. Thanks time. for having us. You're listening to Yes, thank you very much to Jeff and Ace from the early November. What a funny, funny chat. What an insightful chat. Some absolutely 
beautiful thoughts and moments talked about, like when he was talking about the litter picking, because his grandfather used to do it. I told my that to my girlfriend and she said, oh, that is absolutely wonderful. We should start doing that. So he's influenced <laughs> my, my girlfriend into making me do stuff like that. But yeah, it was a great, great chat. Weird start by me. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I fucked it up. I should have asked beforehand, really, what his surname was. Uh, I'm not going to it blind. I thought, oh, surely, yeah, he's going to have. Basically, what's happened is I grew up in South Wales where kids are absolute shitheads, right? If your name sounds anything, anything like anything that can be twisted to do with penises, ejaculation, wee-in, Kids like that were just bullies. So that's where I was. I was just like, oh, I bet you must have had some. No, no, two sort of American kids are a lot nicer when it comes to surnames. Who would have thought? But it leaded to some very comedical moments. So I'm, I'm glad that happened <laughs> in a way. But what a wonderful conversation. As you said there, um, Ace is just a story about kind of cleaning up the streets and really what the music and the band have meant to him and their kids growing up and everything like that. Is, uh, it, was, it was very touching very emotional ace has produced many amazing records by a load of different bands in the scene today jeff is absolutely hilarious and the content he's uh making to promote the new record on their social media makes me laugh all the time so i encourage everyone to go and check that out and a reminder that their new album 20 is available for pre-order now if you head over to purenoisestoreuk.com uh, there's loads of different vinyl colors that you can go and get now uh, and it'll be available everywhere on october the 14th they're going to be touring across the u.s this autumn you prefer that Sean? yeah autumn. nice yes there we well are. done there we are yep. the words that we use nice <laughs> nice october yep. starting october 26th in new jersey ending november 20th in brooklyn new york head to the website for all the dates and everything like that um but while we're talking about shows and exciting things, Sean. This weekend, I believe your band Raiders have a gig, and you have yes. some interesting DJ announcements to make <laughs> on the DJ podcast. DJ announcements, yes. <laughs> um, so Saturday, uh, September seventeenth, in Bridgewater, my band Raiders is doing a headline show where we've got to play for about an hour. We've got forty-five minutes of musical Ooh. material. So I'd imagine I would be making the rest up with comedy slash mourning um, Our Majesty the Queen. God rest her soul. A couple of weeks ago, I had an email from a promoter asking if I would like to be the warm-up DJ. And wait for this. Nobody's... Ex- <laughs> right. <laughs> Try and... Right. Get in touch with us right now at Pod, right, on Twitter. And let us know who you think I'm supporting before I mention it, right? I'll give you... I'll give you... A couple of seconds to post. Who is it? That's right. It's five seconds of summer at the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> nobody was expecting. I bet nobody. Well, number one, I bet nobody's replied. That's the thing. But also, if anybody has replied, they haven't replied with the right band. That's that's incredible, though. A Royal Albert Hall. No, not a. Venue. Not a. <laughs> a. Jason Perry aren't involved whatsoever. What I mean oh, is no, the no, Royal... No, 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 no. He probably will be. He probably will be. <laughs> Royal Albert Hall as a venue to DJ. Class, fair play. Opening for five seconds of summer, they've got some very dedicated fans. They're a massive band. 
Well done. That's going to be do you know, a, a hell. Uh, do you know if Five Seconds of Summer have any um, enemies in the scene so I don't play them? Ooh. Have they ever had a falling out with like McFly? <laughs> I don't. Not that I'm aware of, and I know everything about McFly. So, um, all right then. I, I don't um, think that's that's a thing. You can create some beef though. I, I don't know. You well, can make it up there. That'd be all right, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be all right. Um, but yes, I'm uh, DJing there. I'm also DJing Manchester and Liverpool very, very soon as well. Check out that at Deadball Club um, on Twitter, Instagram, and whatnot. Raiders have got some shows at the end of October. One I, one we haven't announced yet, and uh, October thirty first, I believe, we'll play Manchester on Halloween. In a place called the Bread Shed Club, <laughs> Bread of Evan? No, Bread of Kevin. No, that's Mirtha. Ah, have a look on at Deadbolt Club. Isn't it? <laughs> Somewhere scary for Halloween, but I am huh. all full of promoting myself. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm here to tell people more things. The five seconds of summer's date, September twenty second, Royal Albert Hall, and as he said, go and check out at Sean Smith sucks and at Fig Sean Smith on the social medias to see the dates when he posts them. If you want to know anything about me, at, at mhrichards underscore on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, Too many nudes. At Sapling Pod. Those nudes were for your eyes only, Sean. Well, you should have tell. put them in your closed friend story and you not I on thought, your wall. You I, did I, a Tommy Lee. <laughs> I couldn't believe you've done a Tommy But the thing is, nobody's reported it because they can't, I don't think they can see what's, to most people, it looks like you've just got hairy pants on. But I can see through right to the... And I can see that little... You know, oh, the little end popping up. This anyway. has gone sideways. Um, while we're talking about announcements and things, obviously, next week, if you're good Ooh. at the mathematics, next week yeah. is our um, 200th episode. Uh, win it, win it. So today is 199. Yeah, no, no, you are right. Yeah, yeah it works. It works. Um, so. Not only are we going to do something special for that, but we're going to be doing a lot of things with our Patreon community. So if you head over to patreon.com forward slash sapnin, uh, we're going to be doing a lot of extra things on there. There's lots of extra benefits uh, and rewards. Anyway, this week, we've released the video clip from our conversation with Travis McCoy, Gym Class Heroes, where we were all showing each other our dogs. That's going to be on the Patreon this week. Oh, thank and God. For, thank God he said dogs. <laughs> and a lot of celebrations towards the 200 episodes and what we normally do to mark the occasion on every 50th episode the names that sean read at the end of the podcast i do it and they all change their names to something even worse and ridiculous oh, I hope to me to say so yeah. we'll keep let's that up think next of week. the biggest tongue twisters we can if you got this far please because I want Morgan to stumble at the end of this, <laughs> like I've had to several fucking times. Yeah, I'm sure some of the names will be hard to say as well. So that's patreon.com forward slash sapnin to get involved with all the chaos and help us celebrate the fact that somehow we would have gotten to 200 episodes, fingers crossed, unless something happens to us in the next week. I hope nothing does now because I've said that. But anyway... Uh, it's a description of this episode. There's loads of names there that we do need to thank. And now, as an example, Sean is going to read elite members of our Patreon community. Thank you very much to everybody who's ever been part of our Patreon, because genuinely now, honest to God, we wouldn't have got to 199 episodes without the Patreon. So this wouldn't be possible. Yeah, I want to send a massive thank you to Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwoway, Paul Urshfield, Mitch Perry, Tony Michael, Diddy Grimwood, Kelly Irwin, 
Natasha Morris, Nathan Croshaw, Emma Barber, Sammy G, Kat Besson, Dana Lasnava, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Tom Owen, Stuart McNaught, M. Evans Roberts, Stephen Aston, Caroline Robinson, Kate Patak, Martina McManus, Carl Pendlebury, Louis Cook, Danny Eaton, James McNaught, Kelly Cannon, Jenny Munster. Ooh, somebody's put loads of question marks. That makes it difficult, doesn't it? Emily Perry, Jason Aredia, John and Emma, Kalila Keen, Adam King of the Goss Parslow. Only preparing untold nastiness for Morgan to read next week, Amesbury. Ah. Yeah. Josh, I was recently kidnapped by a gang of mimes. They did unspeakable things to me, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, happy, happy birthday to Ollie Amesbury as well this week. Thank you very much, Alice Wood, Gary White, Reese Bowring, Kate Stevenson, Kyle this week. I found out the lead singer from Toto, the singing voice of the adult Simba in The Lion King. Right, that just cuts off, eh, Kyle? That hasn't worked. So now we know. Thank you for doing it, though, Kyle, because it doesn't come up with a full name. So we know now not too many words next week when you're trying to make Morgan fuck up. Thank you very much, Connor Lewins and family. Last by no means least, Kat Robinson. I don't want to say a happy birthday to Kieran Lewis as well, one of our Patreons. So everybody who listens to this for free every week, you genuinely fucking owe those people. You absolute <laughs> thieving, stealing, tight-ass shitheads. I know there's a cost of living crisis going on, but if we can shut food banks for the Queen, you must be able to pay me. I don't know how I've made that up, but there you go. That's how it works, apparently. You can say anything as a government, and now it's a thing. So, yes. Well, well, there we are. We appreciate everyone so, so much. Again, join us next week for our 200th celebrations loved every moment of this episode we have a very special guest lined up for next week as well so make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to these podcasts and um we'll see you next friday tidy lovely stuff uh there's a slight crack in my voice and like i was 13 and my balls had finally dropped they dropped a long time ago You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.